You're listening to the One Last Cast podcast, your home for tips, tricks, and stories from the Texas coast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Hua and Meryl Seleski. All righty, welcome to another episode of the One Last Cast podcast. My name is Jonathan. How's it going, everybody? And uh, actually, I've, yeah, I've, it's been a while, uh, a little bit out of practice with this. Uh, we also need to introduce our my co-host here, Meryl Seleski. Say hi, Meryl. Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, sorry for the confusion. Uh, the last couple of weeks have been a little bit hectic, had a lot of uh, personal stuff going on, so we had to reschedule to today. And also today is a little bit earlier than normal because we have to pay homage to our Houston Astros who are playing today at 7 o'clock against the Phillies, uh, Ghost Rose. Um, we are based out of Houston, for those of you who did not know. Uh, so um, I don't know about you, Meryl, but I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the game after this. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to it myself. Um, I'm hoping we have a better game than uh, we did the other night. That was pretty, pretty hard to watch. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, before we get started today, I uh, definitely want to give a shout out to our sponsors. We have DSKA, Dirty Towels Kayak Anglers. If you're looking for a kayak group to join and ask questions, be part of a community, go ahead and uh, join up over there. Awesome people and a lot of, uh, a lot of good information um, on there as well. Also, 4A printing. Um, if you're looking for custom towels, uh, that you know, the stuff that we have, uh, shirts and even stickers and, and all that, uh, shoot, uh, give um, Aaron a call and he will be happy to help you. And of course, Knock and Tail Lures, uh, they are my go-to soft plastic and I will be using them forever. Just that internal rattle that they have in there just makes entices the fish to, to, to bite. And um, I, I've been using them the flounder season, even though this season is closed right now, the flounder is still around. They are... One of, uh, definitely my go-to ones to target for flounder. So, <clears throat> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, uh, uh, you think we should do like something for like people uh, doing like catch and release for the whole, you know, uh, just get them engaged to fish anyways for flounder and just do catch and release pictures or videos and maybe give yeah. another prize out for that. Yeah. Did Did you have something in mind or? Uh, Man, I or... have a lot of stuff in the back that I can give away, like cool little swag bag and. Lures okay. and uh, okay, good so, lures, not the lures that nobody throws. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, some, uh, some of my favorite lures. I, I'll probably stack it. I usually want to send people care packages. It's usually stuff that I like throwing, um, not not my throw-up box or anything like that. Those, yeah. end up, those end up usually just getting donated. So, but. No, no, that, that, that's great. I, and so uh, I guess for everybody listening in, uh, on um, online or on our podcast, by the way, we are live. Um, every other Wednesday, we try to be every other Wednesday at 7 p.m. except for today. So, but if you want to find out when we go live uh, and you know potentially get on this, uh, this uh, you know uh, flounder CPR kind of thing that we're going to do, uh, just join our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash one last cast podcast. Uh, on there, you find our up to date information, um, our past episodes that you can watch, um, and of course, if you're if you're strictly you know want to listen to us on podcasts. Uh, land and just go to your favorite podcast streaming service, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, etc. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, be on the lookout for something like that. We'll, we'll definitely try to uh, do a Flounder CPR thing where you can potentially win a Meryl Celeste swag bag. That's what we'll call it, a Meryl Celeste yeah, swag that's bag. Cool. Yeah, Okay. And then, uh, yeah, also we got today we're giving, are we going to do a, are we giving away to a reel today or we're just going to go over the questions and then do the giveaway reel? That way we just, well, know how. yeah, well, uh, so uh, today is our 
going to be our mailbag Q&A kind of uh, episode. We get lots of questions, um, you know, on, online, on our, on our Facebook page, Instagram, um, everywhere. And we just sometimes, you know, Meryl and I are pretty busy and uh, we just <laughs> don't have time to answer those questions. So we've kind of accumulated some of the ones that we have, um, as well as we opened up the questions to uh, as many people, you know, everybody. Um, and uh, if you ans- ask a question today, um, you know, today's uh, November 2nd, uh, you or have messaged us in the past of having a question uh, for us to answer, uh, you'll be entered to win a Shimano Sahara C3000, uh, the newest uh, Shimano uh, Sahara that they have out. Uh, it's a very good reel. Um, and basically, after the episode is over, I will uh, just do a random, randomized generator and we will randomly select somebody. So unfortunately, if you're listening to this on, on podcast, you won't be eligible to. But if you had joined our Facebook page, you would have known that we've been doing this kind of all week. So um yeah. Uh, just be on the lookout and uh, um, <clears throat> let's uh, just go ahead and get things rolling. Cool. Um, so uh, I have a question from Phil. He, he, uh, uh, Phil uh, Guerrero, he's, he's constantly on our, 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 our podcast page um, and he's also usually live with us. Um, what's your preferred knot with braid to fluoro? For me? Yeah. Uh, man, I don't, so I've, I went on a fishing trip with uh, Jonathan Spencer and a co- whole people, a couple people in Florida, and I showed him this knot. And I don't know if it has a name for it or if there is a name for it, but it's basically like you just do like a loop with both your your braid and your mono or fluoro, whatever you use, and you just twist the loop a couple times, and you feed the line through, and you tied it mm-hmm. tight, right? And then you just cut the tag in. So I don't know what. Anybody knows the name of that that knot, then feel free to share it. That's the knot that I use. And, and it's only like a foot long. So it, it is skinny enough. If I want it skinny enough, I'll do a crazy Alberto knot, right? Mm-hmm. I'll use that knot if I want it to go through the guides, if I need a longer leader. But usually my leader is only a foot. And that, that knot usually stops at the eye. What? So when I cast it out. Wait, yeah. wait you, your, your leader's only a foot? About a foot, foot and a half. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like mine, mine's like, I, I give like 20 feet. Right? It's, all, yeah, it's, all foot. it's all it's all leader you know yeah. <laughs> i just got no, like maybe um, like 20 feet of braid <laughs> yeah no i i think for me it's about it's about two foot maybe a foot and a half like you said uh the reason being is especially like especially now with flounder um you know when i'm targeting them you know we're, i'm fishing next to structure so i it, it's i'm fishing rocks and and all this like pilings and stuff like that and every you know especially if you get a bigger flounder they will dog you and, and they know where all of these little structures are mm-hmm. um so you know, fishing with these structures and the the, the fluorocarbon or mm-hmm. the mono leader that i have mainly it's mainly fluoro that i use they will rub against the rocks and it will hold up it does its job but whenever you know i get the fish and i release it um and uh you know mm-hmm. it's all torn up so i constantly like clip you know retie because I would not, I don't want to be that, that person who loses that like 10 pound doormat, you know, right, because right. I had a, oh. a, sh- a shredded leader, you know, just so, so you know, every time I lose a fish, it's 10 pounds. So I'm mm, saying, no, it's 10 yeah. pounds plus if I lose a fish. Oh yeah. It's that, <laughs> that, that, that elusive 10 pound, that yeah, 10 pound yeah. trout that you lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, um, I still lose fish. Do you like, uh, popping my line even sometimes, but I think fluoro holds best. I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And are uh, you a swivel guy? No, 
Well, uh, what, what, what do you mean by swivel? You're talking about like, that was I, one of the questions we got, and I'm probably okay. just jumping ahead. So, um, uh, Chuck Way, he, he follows us a lot, and he shares our posts, and he does a lot for us. Um, he said, uh, "Are swivel are swivels good or bad, or so, somewhere along those lines?" Probably, I don't know if you got that question on there. No, I I, I I do have it, but it's uh, um, how does he word it? I, I probably I'm just jacking it up. I probably know. I'm no, no, it, it's basically like you know our uh, uh, you know it, basically our swivels. When is it appropriate to use swivels? Um, and and for me, like it depends on what you define as a swivel. I, I will say that. So I use for me, I use power clips, uh, the the tactical angle power clips to quickly change out lures. Um, and it just depends on how lazy I am because sometimes I'll just, you know, ties directly to my, 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 my leader. Um, or, or if I'm really lazy, sometimes I just forego the leader and tie directly to braid. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, I, I do use the power clips they are not technically a swivel. Oh, I consider a swivel. It has that, that barrel kind of thing where it can spin. Right. Um, and definitely not the swivel clips, uh, that you see on like those bull redfish leaders. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I, I've seen those before, and people are like, "Oh, yeah, I can quickly change out my lures with that." And to me, those are—it's—they're—I've it, seen those fail more often than my power clips have. Uh, the power okay. clips—the only time I've ever had fail um, is when um, is when I use an improperly sized lure, as in like a probably like a jig head, and I force it into the the clip. Right. And I bend, I bend it, and that's the only time I've ever seen a fail. Um, so, so that that's the uh, that that's a, that's for me a swivel. I don't you normally use them. I wouldn't use them. Maybe if you're do, doing like bull redfish stuff, but even then, I just I see them fail so often that I I don't want to deal with that. So, I do use them for bull reds. I do yeah. use swivel for bull reds. I do use uh, swivels like mainly for my offshore fishing. Like my bigger gear fishing, uh, I think I even got no. I got a swivel clip. I think, yeah, I got a swivel clip for me when I tie on my uh, like, like if I like what I've been doing for tarpon is coon pops, long leader. But I change out the leaders with the lures already tied to, them, and I just hook them on that clip swivel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I use it mainly for just like offshore, but I use them a lot. I use those mighty max ones too. Okay. Uh, yeah. I will say those those swivels. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, like tarpon. Um, I I still use my traditional setup with like you know your fluorocarbon leader and the power clip. I will add a swivel for spoons because you need them right. to, to not oh, yeah. yeah to not like twist up your line. Right. Um, some of the spoons like you know the the you know your your casting spoons they they don't have like a swivel built into it. Right. And I, I'll add my own to, to make sure it, it does what it needs to do. Um, so, yeah, I guess it depends on your situation. I, th- I, I think that would be the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. I think some people, they use it for like, they use swivels for inshore fishing. I, if I'm not mistaken, to switch from braid to mono or floral, they put swivels on it. And I think it works good for their application. And, it, and, and I'm not saying that this way is the best way or mm-hmm. not. It's just everybody has different preferences. If it's working for you, man, stick to that. And, you know, if, you, if you're catching fish the way you're doing things and it seems unorthodox to other people, but you're successful, then just keep doing what you're doing, you know. Yeah, yeah and, and uh, the, but the reason why I would uh, advise against that and go to 
uh, going back to Phil's question, what's your preferred knot, you know, with braid to fluoro? For me, I use a uni to uni knot. Um, mm. I use a modified one. I don't think it's a correct knot, but it's worked for me. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, I, for some reason, like I, I keep looking at the diagram and I was like, I'm doing what it's supposed to be doing. It doesn't look like a uni to uni knot right. and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Um, but, uh, it works for me. And so it's a modified uni to uni knot and that knot I can bring up through the guides of my, right. my rod. Um, and it's, it's something not something less to think about. Whereas if you have a swivel, I would not. Put, bring a swivel through your guide uh you right. will probably break the insert or just break the tip out um mm. and you know i've seen that happen before too so and especially when you have it if you have a good fish on the last thing you're thinking about is like i just you're just focused on trying to get that fish out um landing that fish and you're just reeling and trying to get that right especially in a kayak you're trying to get that angle right and you know that's just recipe for going through the eye your eyelet and just cracking it or breaking it um and that's the worst part if you crack it sometimes you don't even know um, until your next couple casts whenever it just like shreds your line. Right. Um, and you, now you realize you have a crack in it and your rods don't like you. That's it. You know, you can't use it until you get back and repair it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I didn't even explain why I use my knot. So the reason I use that knot is because it's simple, quick, and fast. I can tie that in less than 10 seconds, that knot. Um, and, and sometimes when the fish are biting or you're on fish, you want to hurry up and get your bait back out there. That's the reason I use that that knot. But if I have a lot of time, I like the uni to uni knot. I like the I like the uh, uh, the crazy Alberto knot. And if I have time to pre rig it, I'd, I'd probably do those. You know, over that quick knot that I usually do. But most of the nine out of ten times, I'm always on the rush. I'm always <laughs> I'm yeah. always trying to be you know hurry. Yeah, up. yeah. I, I think you'll find uh, if you start fishing a lot. Uh, fishermen are very lazy people <laughs> <laughs> i agree with you like everything you're saying is like yeah i do the same thing you know yeah yeah it's i mean you know, fishermen are inherently lazy uh you know it's it is a sport it is an activity for us to relax you know that I, most of us go out there to just relax you know it, it's it's fun uh and uh, you know there's the proper way to do it and then there's the shortcuts that we start taking to to get you know start doing things um and i think you, you will develop everybody will develop their own kind of shortcuts as they they find um and like I said, for me, I, you know, I started trying to do the uni, uni knot and I ended up developing something that's similar to it, but I don't think it's, ex it is the uni, uni knot, and it, but right. it works. So, right. um, maybe yeah, I would, yeah. I, I won't do that whenever we do like tarpon because that's, I don't want to lose a tarpon. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I've lost plenty of this. this season. Yeah. I think this, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this and I, I'll be, this is my opinion. People might disagree with me, but I'm okay with that. But I think this was the best tarpon season we've had in. I mean, it's the best harpoon season I've I've experienced. I mean, those are tons, mean, tons and tons of schools out there. And thanks for I the got, invite. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could come, man. I, I you know, the crazy thing is, I invited a lot of people, and I was like, nah, man, I can't. Or some people came with me. Appreciate you guys that came with me, but most of it was like I'm going during work days, and people are working. So yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, we have. Uh, let's go some uh, other questions. We have. Uh, I have one from JC Garza here. I think this is actually a very good question for beginner kayakers. Uh, he's looking for recommendations on an entry-level kayak that won't break the bank. Um, currently, he's had, I have my eye on the Hoodoo Impulse. Um, so let's just go through like a very quick rundown of some of your favorite entry-level kayaks. Uh, so let's say somebody came in, um, their budget is max $500. What would you say? A used tarpon. Yeah. 120 
or one for uh, you know. Man, that was my first kayak. I mean, I'm supposed to tell you Hobie. Hobie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you find uh, Hobie, if you find it. Hobie Compass, you know. No, nah, but I mean my first kayak was was the Tarpon 120 and the Manta Ray, the Manta Ray 12. Uh yeah, those were my two favorite ones. The Manta Ray was a little bit more stable than the uh the Tarpon, but the Tarpon was fast. And then the old school Tarpons, I felt like were a little I don't maybe it was just me. Maybe I had a better center balance, but I kind of felt those were stable too. So I don't I don't know if it's just me. Maybe I was younger and had my center balance better. But uh, I definitely love the Manta Ray and, the, and then those are, those are I think you can get those used for that price. I'd I'd get in those because and they're tough kayaks. They're they're gonna last you. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I was gonna say for me, it's on the same vein as that. Uh, for that price range, my recommendation would have been actually is also the a Tarpon 120. Um, but also if you wanted to go. Uh, a little bit even more budget friendly, maybe around the 250 range, because I used Harpen 120 at least in the Houston area. You're looking at three to four hundred dollars, roughly. Um, uh, you can definitely find some deals on them, but the one that I would look for is a uh, per, a Perception Pescador, because mm. it's the it's an old tarpon mold. Uh, right. It's the same thing, except for those go for like 250, you know, 250 300. Um, so uh that that would be my Those recommendation. Are heavy though, aren't they? No, it's a it's exact same as a as a as a tarpon. It's a wilderness systems tarpon 120. It's the same mold. Oh, oh okay. Um, I, I remember my buddy uh Jameson having one of those and I just remember that kind of like being heavy. It's Maybe not it's the different. pro. It's not okay, the pro. I mean, it's the right. they have they currently have the Perception Pescador Pro. Right. Um and those are heavy. Uh right. it's the OG Perception Pescador. Okay. Um they, those were those were origi- originally a, a, a tarpon uh, wilderness system tarpon mold, and they had like a, a twelve and a fourteen foot. I think they originally now they just have a twelve, and uh, but you can find those, and and those would be a very good entry level kayak, um, below five hundred. So you should be able to have an extra some money left over for your your PFD and uh, other accessories that you, you would want. Um, but then if you go up from there, um, you know. Uh, roughly around, let's say the the thousand dollar range. What would you recommend? A new, <laughs> a new Manta Ray, a new yeah. <laughs> Tarvin one, you know, one twenty. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For for the thousand dollar, roughly around the thousand dollar range, I I would look at a used like Jackson Cuda, um, because they had. I just really like those seats. Um, and, uh, the, the, the Cuda with the, 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 the very, very nice paddles, a little bit on the heavy side for, for like a kayak, but for, as a fishing platform, I think it's very, very good. Um, uh, and, uh, usually you can find those around the $900 range, uh, maybe around a thousand, maybe a little bit more depending on how, how uh, beefed up it is. Right. Um, but then now, now you're looking at like the $1,500 range and this is where you start to get into, the, the Hobie compass, the, the lower Hobies, right? Yeah, the the, the, the lower pat, the lower end of the paddle, uh, the pedal market, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so what would you what would you say for the fifteen hundred dollar range? Oh man, uh, like a used compass. Yeah. Pedal range, uh, pedal. Um, I like the Hobie compasses, man. They're they're pretty durable, uh, and they're fun. You could throw them in the back of a vehicle. They're not heavy at all. Um. Yeah, that's my. And just so you know, not all kayaks are the same. So I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've taken out fishing. Uh, so if you book a guide trip with me, you're gonna be in a either a Hobie Outback, depending on what you're comfortable with, or the PA 
or the PA360. Um, you need to get those, them into a Revo. Jeez. Yeah. So I got a Revo, right? Yeah. I got I got one. So I, I ended up getting one. So <laughs> <laughs> I got one just to be fast. Uh, 13. 13. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, so um, not all kayaks are the same. Um, definitely try to do demo days. Try to get out there. Try different ones. Don't go and buy one that's like the cheapest one on sale and then say, man, kayak fishing blows because that's usually what I get a lot, you know, people, they book a trip with me and they're like, man, I didn't know kayak fishing was this fun. And like, I didn't know it could be like this. And it's like, yeah, man, it's just probably because of the quality. And, you, you know, I recommend spending a little bit more money on quality. So, yeah. Um, one of my, my favorite stories I like to tell about kayak fishing was whenever I worked at FTU and I, I was in the kayak department, there always be these, these people who, um, you know, they're shopping to the store and they'll end up wandering over to the kayak department and they're like, They'll, they'll toss talk to me to stop fishing like yeah i tried to get into kayaking i just didn't like it it, it just it was so just so difficult and and more often than not this is this is back in the day i know they've gotten a lot better more often than not it'd be uh, what kind of kayak did you use oh yeah i, I just got like the ascend from bass pro uh, <laughs> and i'd be like well i went out in two three foot swells yeah i'd be yeah. like well they, they, they'd use the ascend and they, they'd like you know okay you use the ascend um and you use their stock paddle yeah i use their stock paddle uh okay and w- what did you bring with you that day it was like an ice chest filled with stuff you know Beer. my tackle box yeah. yeah and i'm like well, that's kind of a problem right there you, you're taking everything with you you're treating the kayak like you would treat a boat which it kind of you know it is a boat but it's a much smaller boat yes um and it's gonna, you know, that's for, for in terms of pad- paddling and everything, it's not a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that would be my 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 key into like, hey, we have these hobies here to rent, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're thirty five dollars a day. Let's uh, put you in one. Just back try then it, it was thirty five dollars a day. Yeah, yeah. Back they're then, thirty five dollars. Yeah, they're not anymore. But back then, thirty five dollars a day. Try it if you like it. You know, you'll, um, you know, we have them here. They're for sale. Uh, just let me know and. More often than not, they you know a couple weeks later, you know what? I'm gonna I'll try it. I'll put I'll get in a Hobie or a native, you know, I'll get, get them into a native. Oh God, they're hundred dollars a day now. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I know, I thought FTU was like seventy five dollars a day. I'll double it's check still, that. It's not it's not thirty five a day anymore. But yeah. you know they they try it out and be like, man, this this made a huge difference. Yeah. And and then, then they're I'll buy one right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was basically like tax tax return season came and they came and buy yeah. one. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so, uh, this year I think we had at least six customers that were like, "Yeah, I'm getting one," and they yeah. ended up getting one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, hope- but but for for the the hoodoo impulse, um, um, I do believe so. There is there is going to be that market for the really the entry level, um, the entry level uh, pedal market. Um, hoodoo is they, I think for that that price point. It's not a bad option. I would definitely right. like just, um, you know, really it, good people too. Like, by the way, I mean, really good people, yeah. really good customer service. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say anything bad about those kayaks yeah. or those people. Cause they just, they're really top notch and they're, they're really trying to make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. They've been giving away a lot of free kayaks to these tournaments to push their products out there. Now I'm not sponsored by them at all, but I just know those people and they're really, really good people. And they, definitely take care of their customers and uh i like their products so it's not you know yeah um and actually i um i i won one of their kayaks oh you did 
a couple years ago, it was a, a, a charity auction for, um, for uh, um, Heroes on the Water. Um, I bid, and there, one of the things was their, was their, uh, the Hoodoo Impulse kayak, and I bid on it and I ended up winning it. Um, but, you know, for me, where I have like three, four kayaks, Hobies in my garage, I didn't really, I bid on it just to, to bid on it, uh, to support Heroes on the Water. So I had it for, for a little bit. Um, and I, I ended up, what I ended up doing was just, um, selling it and whatever, you know, I got my money back and whatever profit I made, I just donated that to here's on the water again. So, oh, that's you know, cool. yeah, yeah, it was man. just, you know, that's it, because I talked to them and they're, they're like, I, I, I'll mirror everything you said. They're awesome people trying to make a name for themselves, right. um, and, and, and good customer service. So Speaking I think you have heroes on the water. You want to mention anything? What about what? now? No, oh, we got a turn. There's a tournament coming up with saltwater. Oh yeah, yes, um, November twelfth. Yeah. Uh, let me. Sad, yeah, November twelfth. November twelfth. Okay. It's a team tournament, uh, team redfish tournament. Um, yeah, go ahead and enter. Um, the proceeds will go to Heroes on the Water, the Gallison chapter, um, and it's next weekend. So if you're hearing this uh, um, this week, it's going to be on the twelfth. So uh, go ahead and go to Saltwater Survival Series, search them online, and you can sign up there. Great and awesome tournament. Uh, I'll be entered in it. Uh, are you going to be fishing it, Meryl? I want to say yes. I might just go ahead and buy uh, an entry and then hopefully, fingers crossed, I get to fish it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's continue with our questions. I, I, we have a lot of questions to get through. So um, uh, Stacy Gentry, she, she's always one of our, our, our favorite uh, uh, posters on, on our, our page. Um, I know she also has a question in the chat too, but um, uh, what are the advantages of having reverse drive? I love it, man. I love it. I mean, I, I like Ford. When I first got reverse drive, uh, the word game changer was out there. <laughs> like everybody was saying game changer. And it really was. And it really did change the game because uh, positioning in a kayak is everything, right? And uh, back in the day, you had to pick up your drive on a Hobie and then turn it around and drop it in there. You make all that noise when you drop your kayak drive in there versus just pulling the string or backwards pedaling on those propulsion drive ones. Um, and uh, man, th those those things are, uh, yeah, that's a definitely yes for me for the way, my style of fishing. A reverse is a must. Um, I also have a 360 and that one there, I mean, it. it's even, for me, it's even more, uh, more of a tool as you're fishing, especially up against docks to have, to be able to turn and go sideways or go at a diagonal by docks and you're pulling out redfish from these pylons and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that 360 is even better, my opinion. Yeah. Um, for me, so, you know, earlier I was talking about how, uh, fishermen are inherently lazy people. Um, also fishermen are, are also don't like change. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, for me, whenever the, 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 the 180 came out uh, and for me having worked on drives at FTU, you know, so there, let me, this is my analogy here and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You know, back in the day you would hear like, Oh, all these people, they can work, you know, all these guys, they know how to work on a, um, and girls, you know, whoever wanted to, they could work on a, on a, a car motor. Uh, they know how to fix it. They know how to do all these things with it. And most, most, a lot of people nowadays don't know how to work it, uh, fix it. I would argue the reason why people could work on car motors back then was because it was less complex than it is now. Um, obviously, you know, if you put in the effort and you, you can learn how to do it, but, 
Uh, and, and I think, you know, back then it was much easier to work on those because it was a simpler kind of mechanic, kind of the engine itself was a little bit much simpler than it was today. Um, I, I was in that boat when I looked at the 180. The original Hobie Mirage drive was like, it was very, very, it looked complex, but it was very simple. You know, you had this, you know, this spine, the spine system on there surrounded by the pedals and the chain. And that's basically it. You know, it, it was a very, it's very simple and ingenious system that they developed for, for propulsion. And then you're starting to add all these things to it. You have the like sprockets the, and the sprockets. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then you have like the, the bearings in it now. Yeah. The, the, now you have the 180, the pulley that you have. Mm-hmm. And of course um, you also now have kickup fins too, where you have that right. kind of things that go into it and right. uh, it gets more and more complex. So I was like, man, you know, if I want to turn, if I want to go backwards, I'm just going to flip my drive around. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I held on to that. And of course, I just, you know, at the time I couldn't afford, you know, I had my, my 2013, you know, Revo 13, uh, Revolution 13. And, um, you know, if I wanted to turn around, I'll just let the drive around. And, um, but after getting my hands on a, a 180 drive, yeah, it's a game changer. <laughs> yeah. And I can, so here's the thing is, it's like, like this is, so I probably busted 15 drives, maybe somewhere around there. So what I've learned is, this is probably common sense for everybody. If you take care of your gear and not just throw it in the back of the truck, throw it in the back, and you sit there and you wash it off, keep it clean, your drive lasts longer. When I first started with ACK, I think I was with, I think my first year I bust 2015, I busted five drives my first year. Oh. Next year, I think I busted like four or five, maybe six. And then like, but I was like going over oysters. I was pushing through mud. I was hitting stuff. I was bending my shafts, uh, but I wasn't really taking care of it. Now, like what I do, if I come in up shallow, I pull up my drive, right? Put it in the back, put my plug in. So I get in shallow, start, you know, using my paddle. Uh, and then like, I just started taking care of my, my drive a lot better. And I have a year and a half, two year old kick up fins that hasn't even been maintenance, you know, like my kick up fins are, I haven't had any issues with them. Uh, so I just goes to show, I mean, just maybe, you know, you just got to take care of your gear, man. You know, don't be hulling them out and be like, man, these, these drives are no good. You got to take care of them. Yeah. Um, I've, I, for me, am notoriously no, I, I am notoriously bad at maintaining my stuff. So like even with my 2013, um, I had a, a turbo drive, a, a, a GT turbo drive. I never took care of that thing at all. And, <laughs> Those things but, are tough, though. No, no, Those no. were like tough. I upgraded and I, I upgraded in like 2019. Yeah, uh-huh. 2019 to to my current uh, uh, Revolution 13. Between then and um, that 2013 and, and uh, 2019-ish, I serviced a drive once. Right. And it was, it was bulletproof. Like yeah. I never, I, and I think the reason why I serviced it is because I bent a rod because I ran over like a rock or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so that's not even really a service. It's just like going home and just unscrewing it and putting a new one in, you know? Right. right. Um, and um, now that was, that was a lot of work though. Cause I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and now <laughs> with the, the 180 dry, I have had it serviced twice, but 
a lot of it was my fault. I ran over another rock and I bent my I bent the rod. I bent both rods yeah. actually. Um, and at, at one point, uh, one of the drive chains failed. Um, mm. Like in the middle, it just like just snapped, and you know, I was, I was, I actually still fished that day because uh, the other chain was in, intact, and I could just I was pedaling around basically with one fin. Um, nice. Uh, so it still worked, but there you, go. you know, those drives are 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 are, are awesome. Anyway, let's continue on. We right, so right, many yeah. Questions. We're like yeah. three questions yeah. deep. I know. It's already 36. Yep. Um, so uh, if your goal, this is from Jacob Otter, if your goal was to catch a Texas slam, what time of year would it be the would yield the best results and what would you throw? Any other techniques, advice, like location, time of day, tides, et cetera? See, a drain. I, now. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> Justin, yes, you did bust one of mine, and I will call you. Um but yeah, uh, this time of year, right? Uh, yeah. October, November, um, and um, I don't. So I'm not. I, I, I'm probably gonna piss a lot of people off, and but you know, I don't mind sharing spots. You know, I'm just. Okay, I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna mute you right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know there's a lot of stuff going on TV or on the internet about spot burning and people burning my spot and whatever. I don't think anybody owns any spot, to be honest. I used to be like that. So Justin's probably sitting there laughing like, ha ha, I remember you telling me to never show anybody this spot, you know? And, but like the more I think about it, man, you know, fish move, you know, you know, I'm totally over that whole fish move and so should you. And uh, so I'm going to give you a, a good area, you know, that I don't say much, but Seawolf Park is a good area to catch all three of those. <laughs> and it, and it, the funny thing is, it, it is right now. It's a good air, good time, good spot to catch all three. If you know how. If you know how, right. Yeah. And if I was going to throw one lure, man, I'm I'm, not, I'm starting to like these, uh, I like fish a lot of these knocking tails. And my favorite color is uh, the roach one. Roach and, yeah, it says Texas roach and the, the uh, white and pearl, uh, white and truce one. Those, that's a pretty good one um i'm starting to like throwing those uh yeah so yeah the, those are the two uh, the two colors and maybe i'll throw in the, the what is that color uh c c oh like the, the money one or something like that or no I, yeah the 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 most pepper. common one that that I everybody forgot. likes throwing the sea salt the salt pepper no no it's like green oh uh, well anyways i'll think of it like tomorrow or something yeah yeah but but um <laughs> Oh, is it this one right here? If you ask him, like, what's his favorite color? No, not that one. It's more oh, okay. of a common color. It's like one of the basic colors. Yeah, for me, so it's like Texas. Texas for me, Rose. it's like it's plum chartreuse and, and the white, the white truce one that, that you talked about. Those are my two ones that I throw. Yeah, um, plum chartreuse is a good one too. Dude. Yeah, uh, but but for Jacob, to, for me to answer your question, I Seawolf Park is actually I have caught a slam there. Uh, is actually during the summer. Uh, whenever we would go there, what we would do is that we would uh, at Seawolf Park, we'd go into the, the park. Um, obviously, we park in the outside and walk in on the left hand side. Um, it is Chicken of the Sea. That's correct. Chicken uh, of the Sea. That's yeah. what it is. Um, so we'd walk into the park at Seawolf and during the summer. And on the left side of the of the park, we'd wade there and there'd be tons of trout. Um, and I, I will say that there's actually one day there were so many trout that were in there. We we're actually using bare jig heads and they were hiding it like you just cast it out and bring it in and like you know you'd you'd for every single every like 15 you know dinks you get one keeper 
but it was a heck ton of a fun, you know, because yeah. there's just like so many fish in there. Um, yeah. I also caught like a four pound trout on top waters, like right next to the rocks and then the dolphin ate half of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's where dolphin likes to snack on those bad boys. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we moved to the, 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 the next to the pier and we started catching a couple of flounder sitting around there. And then we moved to the outside, you know, along the way out, we were leaving, you know, we saw like a slick pop up on the outside of the park and we hopped in the water and it turned out to be a bunch of redfish you mm. know on the channel side so yeah. we just like oh there's a slam right there but um as some people have pointed out in the chat now would be a good time if you really i think it's easier now because if you can target a drain like find a drain you have a good water source in the back and if you listen to a few episodes before we, we kind of dissected how to look at you know look at drains it has a good water source in the back outgoing tide if you sit at that drain, I could probably guarantee that you would eventually catch a slam player because even if you spend three nights there, you will yeah. catch a <laughs> eventually you'll just catch a slam. <laughs> but, but you know, you, you basically all this water outflow coming out, the flounder are going to be there. The redfish are going to be the back and the trout are going to be out here. You know, it's just, I've caught so many slams that looking at drains, you know? Uh, so that would be my, my, my uh, advice to you for, if you wanted to do that. Um, let's continue going on with, uh, yeah. Austin, um, Austin Matthews, when it's at its coldest in December and January, how deep do trout actually go? Can you still find trout shallow and what is considered to be too, fa- uh, too shallow to fish in the winter time? That's actually a very good question. I've um, caught him in 27 feet before I've caught trout at 27 feet with fishing with a half ounce jig head. Um, I think, uh, what's his name? Makes some bugs with half ounce jig heads. Uh, bugs lures he mm-hmm. makes some some pretty heavy ones uh but yeah i've caught him at 27 feet before um do i typically target them there not typically but if they're not on like 10 to 15 feet i'm going deeper you know so yeah i'm trying uh, whatever i haven't i don't think i've caught him that deep i think the i think the, uh, the deepest i've caught him was like 18 foot um so I, I generally fish on the, sa- the shallower side. I, 18 feet is kind of like the max that I would ever fish. Um, <clears throat> and, um, you know, how deep did the trout go? They can go wherever wherever they want to go, they'll go. Um, wh- generally when it's colder. So they will go to the warmest areas that they can. But at the same time, they will s- stay near the area where they know food will be. Um, so, and generally whenever it warms up you know like a cold front comes through it drops to like let's say 20 degrees or whatever it gets real cold those just go to the deepest spot they know um and of course uh, texas park and wildlife will actually close down some deep areas like you know uh the 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 deep hole uh um the deep blue hole over in office you know they'll close that area off because a lot of fish will just congregate over there they just know that it's deep over there they are protected from the cold but whenever it warms up after that cold front goes through um, a lot of the bait fish will start moving up to like, you know, as they'll go up to like knee deep water to look for food. Um, and of course, when it warms up and the, the bait fish go up there, the trout will go up there too. So there will be, there has been times whenever after a cold front goes through or when it's really cold. Um, like I, I, I told the story I know before it was like 40 something degrees. It, it was really cold and I was catching fish on top water. Because it, it it just warmed up, the fish were up shallow, and I was throwing top waters, and they were just blowing it up. Um, so, it just kind of have to kind of monitor the the cycles that they go through, and it, you'll figure it out. If you know the trout in the area, you'll start deep, 
uh, or start shallow and just work your way down or work your way up, depending on how you want to do it. Uh, generally, I work. I start shallow because fish are very hardy creatures. Unless it's like 10 degrees outside, I, I probably won't, you know, at that point, I'd probably start deep instead of starting shallow. But I usually start shallow and work my way down. So, right. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. They, they do go shallow, though. I've, I've, I've seen them where they're just like real slow, moving slow and shallow, shallow water. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, uh, from uh, DC Nguyen here. What is the best lure to throw when side casting for reds in shallow water? Uh, or what is the best approach? Um, if, for example, if the redfish is littered three foot on the side of the kayak, what what do you do to get him to bite without spooking him? Man, that's that's a that's a that's a good one. Uh, the only thing I, I like to use smaller baits when they're being stubborn, and then I like to keep throwing at them because sometimes they won't. You know, you cast once or twice, and like, oh, they're not biting. But if you sit there and you just keep throwing, keep throwing, keep throwing, I, I it Piss actually off paid off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it actually paid off for me that doing it that way. And that's something that I've kind of explored new with is just keep throwing at them, keep throwing at them. And I think I was watching uh, um, somebody's video and I, and I was like, man, you know, that made me think, you know, so I'm, I'm also learning too, you know, so, but, you know, I watched them do that in their video and I was like, man, you know what, maybe if I just keep throwing at them as they're running around the kayak or by the kayak and see if that works. And yeah, it's been working for me. Just keep throwing at them. And, uh, I try to use smaller baits and I try to match what's in the area. If I see a whole bunch of like shad or small shrimp or stuff like that, I'm actually throwing smaller baits that, that they might be feeding on. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say go to, um, Generally, for me, I, I usually throw a quarter ounce jig head. If you're side casting, specifically siding casting redfish, I would go to like an eighth ounce uh, because that 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 light lighter weight it won't make a big of an impact on the water to spook the fish. Um, and of course, like you said, go for a smaller a smaller profile. Um, I mean, the name of the game for side casting is making sure that you can be not only quiet but also accurate. So you need to be able to get in front of the fish and get that cast right where you need it to be. Um, you know, if the, if the fish, redfish is literally three feet on the side of the kayak, number one, have they seen you? Because if they've seen you, it's not going to bite anything, uh, no matter what, even if you throw, get a perfect cast on it. Um, but if you do have, you see it and they're just cruising around, they have, they're not aware that you're there. If you can pitch something light right in front of it, because it's three foot, it's right there. Um, you know, you'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You might get lucky. Yeah. Um, we have, a uh, uh, Miguel, um, I'm not going to pronounce his last name because I don't know how, uh, what's your opinion on the Shimano DC reels and saltwater? So mine's been holding up pretty good. So I have one, uh, I have two of them. Uh, I have the Corrado DC and I have the SLX DC and they've been holding up pretty good. Um, I just, I, like I said, it's one of the things I take care of now, uh, kind of just don't keep too much. Like I'm not dunking it. If it gets dunked. It's obviously going to go in and get maintenance, right? But if I'm just like fishing salt water, so and sometimes these kayak, like you're kayak fishing, these reels are like right above the water, you know, they're right in your kayak. They're, they're, you know, they're going up and down with you, getting splashes on them, dirt on them. So you just got to make sure you take care of them and keep them clean. And if you have issues with it, I'm guilty of this, but take them in to get maintenance. But I used to fish with that sucker until it stopped reeling. You know, you'd see me out there casting and, and it's doing all this squeaking and squealing and, you know, I'm doing a video and my my reel's louder than I am, but <laughs> it works. So I'm still throwing it, you know, but yeah. no, nah, try, try to stay on top of it. Yep. I have, I, I, w I would just defer to, to Merrill because I don't have a DC reel yet. So uh, 
Merrill's uh, raking in the, the cash because uh, those suckers are expensive. <laughs> Shimano's been good to me, so oh, okay. I'm not rich by any means. <laughs> we have a question, a question from Gabriel. Um, uh, he actually won a prize pack probably last year. Uh, he's oh, been a, 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 a steady listener of ours. Um, he's currently in Wisconsin, um, and uh, uh, he's never fished up north before. He brought his kayak with him. Anything that I should know differently from fishing compared to down here? Yeah, don't listen to anything we have to say because we're just... <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I have no advice. I mean, I fished up up for bass, up there for bass uh, north, and uh, I did fairly well, but it was like it was just talking to the locals. That's what I did. I Hey, you know, I talked to the locals, went to the local bait shop. Hey, what are y'all throwing? I, you know, you, and mo- nine out of ten times those people are friendly. They kind of, you know, give you the heads up what to throw and guy actually gave me the right location bait to throw and i was fortunate so my advice is ask the local people there where you're fishing see if somebody's friendly enough to share yeah i would uh like for example you know we have dska here 30 south kayak anglers on facebook i would search up your the local like you know kayak group in that area or fishing group in that area and just say hey i'm at it from out of town have my kayak with me um, any recommendations that you get? Yeah, you're gonna probably gonna get some of the same snarky remarks that you get on on like you know on our pages here. Um, yeah, but just uh, ignore. You know, ignore them. Yeah, for for every single snarky remark, maybe you you get a nugget, a piece of nugget of information, and you can use that information to figure out what you're gonna do. You know where to target, what's what's biting. Um, and I I would actually say that still listen to what we say uh, because fish are fish. Yeah, they act a little bit differently and they're a different color. Um, in a completely different species, but, um, yeah. but they're still fish and they, 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 you know, I wouldn't doubt, like I've used bass tactics to catch trout in redfish. I've used like, you know, I'm going to, of course, if you go to Louisiana, they'll use like buzz baits and they use like, um, what do you call it? Chatter baits. They'll use those to catch redfish. Uh, and it's just basically applying what you know about, about fish here. And it probably will work too. Um, but, at the same time, bass fishing is a whole other ball game. You know, there's there definitely their intricacies that they have in there, and um, just dive into the the local scene and see what you, what information you can get out of it. Um, and let's see, um, <clears throat> let's actually go over to now our, our the questions that we've gotten on on our live stream right here. Which, by the way, if you want to join us live, you can go to facebook.com forward slash one last cast podcast. Uh, we're live every Wednesday. Uh, we're answering questions right now. Um, and you can find it when we're next live on that Facebook page. Um, Tommy Atkins, uh, he's, he's seeing that jerk baits are becoming popular again. What lures that were used by older generations should still be in everyone's tackle box? What bass lures would you recommend to catch saltwater bay fish if a bass fisher wanted to catch the main three? That's a very good question, too. Um, yeah, yeah. Tommy's got the best questions, and I think yeah. he knows the answer to most of them. But hey, thanks for the questions, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tommy's an avid fisherman. He's not like crazy on Facebook, but back in the day, he used to be p- posting big catches, big fish, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, me, um, man. So uh, I was a catch. What did he call me? It was an old timer, but I used to go out to uh, Rollover Pass when it was open and throw the catch 2000. And I used to let it throw it out there and just kind of go with the current and wiggle and boom, stick big trout with that way. Um, so catch 2000 was one of my favorite i guess would that even consider a twitch bait i don't know what do you think well, that would be a twitch bait he's saying this is a yeah. jerk bait so 
Like a um, jerk bait? Like is that like a like a yozuri? Yeah, like a yozuri. Yeah. Okay. Well, I used to throw yozuris too. I think uh, <laughs> Justin got me hooked on those. Uh, I used to like the clown one, and I like the uh, the clown one. And at night, I'd fish a different one. But for daytime, I like the clown one or the redhead. Yeah, I don't typically use jerk baits. Uh, I actually, I, I, I actually just found a bunch of like H2O Express ones from Academy on clearance, and I'm trying to figure that out right now. Um, so I'm, I'm learning that. Uh, there's like a hundred ways to work that. So I yeah, mean, yeah, I don't know if there's a, a right way or wrong way, but I mean, I kind of work it like where it's swimming. I don't know if you see my hand, but it's swimming like fast, and then it comes down or swims like that. And, yeah. Pop, it actually comes up it swims like this and comes up and then sometimes i'll just rip it where it's just going real real fast or sometimes i'm popping it or sometimes i'm slow retrieving it um for, and just different me, tactics it was uh, i mainly do the ripping where i get it to the, the depth that i want and right. i just rip with the rod and just pause and let it right. float up and rip right. it again and it'll come up so that right. that's where um i i know like mirror lure they have their they have their their jerk bait that's that that's coming popular again um but yeah, I, I I can't really answer that question. What, what? Yeah, I like I like throwing those at night. Uh, those are my favorite time. Those are my favorite baits to throw at night. I think me and I think my buddy Justin, me and Justin used to get out there in a kayak and and throw a lot of those twitch baits at night. We had all kinds of different ones, yeah. ones with ribs on them, like the ribbon things on them. Yeah, but mainly Ozuri stuff. So. Yeah. So, uh, to answer the question, what bass would you recommend to catch saltwater baitfish? Six it, cents it, has been pretty good. I did pretty good with six cents. What do you think? I will I would go back with to the chatterbait. Um chatterbait. Chatterbait is just it, you know, it, especially if you fish those like um I mainly have used them in like brackish water and I've done really well with them. Redfish will hammer that chatterbait. Like I've had one of the most ex- awesome things I've ever seen was I was using a chatterbait and I brought it to the surface, like I was getting ready for another cast. And right as it came out of the water, this 26 inch redfish just came out of the water and ate it like right next to the kayak. Um, It was just, you know, it leaves up so much vibration, so much flash. And of course, like I had a, um, it had a, uh, a knock and tail lure on the end of it. So I even had the rattles in the back. So I had all this stuff going on and the water water (laughs) was like really dingy. So that's why I was using it. So That's something that I would uh, that that I think would, would uh, work really well if you're trying to catch all three. I've had one trout on it. I haven't caught too many trout on it, but I wouldn't imagine why they wouldn't eat it. Um, yet to catch a flounder, but again, I wouldn't imagine why they wouldn't eat it because it's just you, as long as you drag it on the bottom, you're in the same area, they'll eat it. That that would be my my recommendation. So, yeah. All right, let's keep going. Uh, uh, Somebody hitting uh, hitting on you, Merrill, on the the chat. Yeah, um, yeah, that's my my buddy Kyle. Yeah, y'all go visit Kyle at uh, man, thing I can never remember his group group. Kayak fishing Texas. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. Oh, see, you remember? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh he always got tournaments going on. He's always got a lot of good stuff going on. He gives away a lot of stuff. He um and he does a really good job on tournaments too. So they got their tournament thing going on. Yeah. Pretty good group uh, to follow. There's this person named uh, Brittany Selesky asking if you're sin- if you're single. Unfortunately, I'm not. Mm. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have Justin here, um, Justin Simpton. He um, 
I, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, do different braid makers make the same pound line, but with more or less diameters? Like, do they have the same, they, they have different diameters than others, but still 30 pound? I don't think so. I, I So he's asking, like, if you get a 30 pound line from, let's say, suffix head through two, does suffix head through two make a 30 pound line, but also that's th- even thinner than the, that one that they have? Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I haven't seen a, a, a braid maker who has a 20, 30, 40 pound braid that has like two different versions of it with a thinner diameter. Oh, the same company, not two different yeah. companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, each co- okay, yeah, each company is like, different. Each right, right, different right. Yeah. yeah, I know they got like four strand and they got like eight strand and they got different strands. Um. And uh, maybe the different strands, uh, but I'll, I'll be honest, Justin. I never really paid attention to the diameter when I'm getting braid. Maybe that's a good thing to do, but yeah. I just kind of buy what works. Yeah, I, I think um, especially now uh, for me, you know, I really like using my 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 Corrado fifty. The problem with the Corrado fifty is like you have like no line capacity with it. Um, mm-hmm. so I, that's the only time I ever pay attention to how thin the, the, the braid is. Obviously I love my stuff like do too. I have a bulk spool that I bought, uh, of, you know, 20 pounds. Um, and, um, but whenever you have like at the 50 and it, you, you basically get like 80 yards of line, <laughs> yeah. um, on, on one, on one reel, I think that's when you, you take a look at that, that diameter. I haven't seen one. Justin says that, uh, um, uh, he, that he, that, that someone said they did, um, a different maker, he's saying though. That, that yeah. I think that that didn't apply to this question because it's a different maker, right? Hmm. They make yeah. it different. Um, but doesn't uh, I? I think not all thirty pounds are qu- created equal. Yeah, um, you know, it's a different line. Yeah, especially if you're buying like that bootleg Power Pro or that bootleg fishing line, you know. And yeah, make sure you buy buy the original. So you have less issues. I bought some online Power Pro one time years back, and yeah, no, it, don't do that. Just yeah, I learned the hard way. Yeah, that's typically how I learn. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if anybody else is guilty of learning the hard I'm way. I'm just saying that the quality control of some of these like knockoff Chinese braid, you know, some yeah. of it is good, but like sometimes the quality control is not the best. You know? No, no, it isn't. I I have bought one before. I think it was on Wish. Yeah, I bought it on Wish because it was like three dollars for like a little spool of it um you're and like, like I, score I, I, <laughs> yeah i was like what, what's the worst that can happen when i got it i opened up the packaging it was like there was this residue on it oh, and man. like it was like it's on my fingers and i like oh you know maybe, maybe it's just like a film that they protect a film they put on it and it was really funny because whenever i spooled up my re- my 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 reel with it it left like streaks on my rod because i use the rod as like kind of like to hold to kind of guide it into place with a right. when I spool it um and it was like basically it ended up like accumulating a little bit of like dust or something like that and i'm like okay i'm not going to use this now i just this is weird powder coated yeah i don't know um <clears throat> but anyways uh how about you Meryl? did you have any other questions from um any of your um people that you that you had yeah and i feel bad because i didn't write any of them down Okay. <laughs> um, I do have some on the message and I know we, we, we left out a lot of questions cause I know I saw a lot of different questions on different yeah. pages and we missed a lot of them and apologize for that, but, uh, we'll eventually get around to them. And I usually yeah. respond to some of the uh, messages like on our feed 
and I didn't do that in the last one or maybe the one before. And I'll go back and, and go through those and stay on top of those. So not a problem. Uh, like uh, everybody who did send in a question, I, I did men- I did put down their name uh, and I will do uh, later tonight. I will uh, randomly generate it for a winner for the Shimano Sahara C3000. Uh, so be on a lookout for that. See if you're a winner. Um, and of course, as always, if you have questions, send it to us. We'd love hearing from y'all. Uh, recently, uh, we actually, one of the, our, our winners for, uh, I forgot what we sent him. We sent him a reel. Um, uh, and uh, he was actually listening from New Mexico. Um, oh, and uh, he found us because he likes fishing. And he apparently he frequently travels to, to Galveston. And uh, he, he, brought, he brought his kayak and he caught his, he caught his first redfish um, in Galveston. And that was awesome to hear. Um, and tell him to send us a picture, man. I'd, I'd, uh, you know, that'd be pretty cool. Send us a picture and we could put it up on our, uh, you know, our deal that we have right before. Yeah. We yeah. Yeah. Live. Yeah. For, for sure. Uh, but yeah, send us your questions. Uh, we're always happy to answer them. Um, and you know, again, apologies for, for, uh, our, our schedule being delayed, but if you want to find out when we're going to go live next or when our next episode's coming out, just join us on facebook.com forward slash one last cast podcast. Or if you're just lazy and you just want to listen to us, find us on all of your podcasting platforms, Amazon, Spotify, etc. cetera. Um, <clears throat> um, so yeah, that we, I know we have lots of questions to go, but we'll, we'll continue going through them as much as we can. We'll maybe save them for the next episode. Uh, before we hop off, Merrill, anything last, uh, anything you want to mention to our, our crew here? Um, yeah, uh, if you can send us pictures, so we can put them up on our, our right before we go live. You know, the more pictures. I know some of y'all sent some pictures. We're sharing those, and uh, the more the merrier. We appreciate you guys, and send us your pictures. Awesome. Before we head off, let's uh, give a shout out to our sponsor again, Dirty South Kayak Anglers. If you're looking for a Facebook group, go ahead and take a look at them. Awesome kayaking information there from the Texas coast. Um, also join our Facebook group, our, our Facebook page at One Last Cast Podcast again. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, we have 4A printing for our custom towels and merch. Uh, contact Aaron. He does awesome work. And, um, you know, he will help you get what you need uh, created. Um, and of course, uh, knocking tail lures. If you use co- code LLCP 2022, you'll get a percentage off on your next order. Actually, I think if you search and go find their page, their official page, uh, they may actually have a greater discount right now. So go ahead and take a look at that. Uh, but as always, thanks for listening. Uh, we, uh, we do this for, for, to help build our fishing and kayaking community here in Galveston and in Texas. We want you guys to do well. Uh, So stay tuned for another episode uh, next time. But until then, tight lines and have a good one. Take care, guys.